the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning. It's dark out still and quite chilly. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler today here on News Talk 710-KNUS. And it is great to be with you today with so much to talk about. And just a few days away from Christmas. And of course, what does that mean? It means Congress is about to ram through a $1.7 trillion monstrosity called the Omnibus Bill, where they throw in everything but the kitchen sink, although there's probably some massively expensive kitchen sinks somewhere in there as well. I mean, you know how wasteful the federal government is, don't you? But yes, indeed, they are on the verge of passing $1.7 trillion. And within it includes, say, the Electoral Count Act reforms to what happens when they count the Electoral College votes. Now, I think that's a good change. I think it's something that's necessary and that's valuable, That basically just clarifies the way things already are vis-a-vis what's supposed to happen when the electoral college votes come into Congress and they do their whole count. But you shouldn't be getting that through Congress in a $1.7 trillion bill that includes defense spending, that includes money for Ukraine, that includes a range of things that we will dive into in the 7 o'clock hour with E.J. Antoni. He is with the Heritage Foundation, a research fellow there on the economics side of things. He'll help us to better understand what is being crammed in to this omnibus bill, which should be pushed off into the new year now they shouldn't wait they like this they shouldn't be delayed they shouldn't do a cram everything in bill whether it's next year or this year but if you're gonna do something to wrap up the year and to keep the government from closing down even temporarily then you should do a short-term resolution And then hash it out with the full Congress rather than coming forth with a 4,100 page bill that's nearly $2 trillion. Elon Musk put out a great tweet. He said, I'm in favor of a small spending bill to keep things running, but common sense suggests that it be the least amount required through the holidays. Railroading through a giant spending bill that almost no one has read is unlikely to be in the best interests of the people. I think that's very true. Now, that's in response to a poll that he put up because Elon's all about polls. Should Congress approve the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill? 
Just 27.7% have voted yes so far on this poll, while 72.3% have voted no, with 10 hours left to go. It's an interesting poll given the fact that Elon put up a few days ago, should I step down as Twitter CEO? And of course, it was a yes. It was definitive that he should step down as CEO about the same breakdown, if I recall correctly. But it was at least a a noticeable difference between the two. I'm flipping through his Twitter. He's been very active in the Twitterverse lately, hasn't he? I want to remind myself what the percentage differences were between those who voted yes and no on Elon Musk stepping down as CEO of Twitter. That's not to say he's trying to sell the company, but that he's not going to run it day to day anymore. Okay, here it is. I forgot. I printed it out. Here we go. Should I step down as head of Twitter? I will abide by the results of this poll. 57.5% yes. No was 42.5%. So not quite as decisive as this omnibus bill poll that he put out, but also striking, nevertheless. And then his response, of course, was, I will resign as CEO as soon as I find someone foolish enough to take the job. After that, I will just run the software and server teams. In the 8 o'clock hour, we will be joined by Adam Weiss, who's a PR guru, CEO of AMW Public Relations, and we'll get his take on what's happening vis-a-vis Twitter, Elon Musk, and more. Lots to discuss there, as yours truly, Jimmy Sangenberger, fills in for George Brockler this Christmas week. In just a moment, I'll see what Bill Thorpe thinks about the pending changing of the guard We'll talk about that. Give us a call, 303-696-1971. What do you make of Twitter? There's a lot more that we will discuss. The omnibus spending bill. You now have President Trump being referred for prosecution by the U.S. House of Representatives, or at least the January 6th committee. We'll talk a bit about that. The southern border crisis has reached a fever pitch. I mean, it is astronomical, even as Title 42, the end of Title 42, has been put on ice. And they still have a chance. The Supreme Court said, wait, you're not able to jump ahead quite yet in ending this thing. Even so, it's sort of a a too little, too late kind of situation. Uh, My column for Colorado Politics is on this, but there's much to discuss. Audio clips galore. That gives us a sense for what is being talked about in D.C. and how off base the Democrats are on this crucial issue. Of course, again, 303-696-1971 is our telephone number to join into the festivities. You can also text into the show on the 710 KNUS app on your smartphone. You can tweet at me. 24-7-365. I'm on Twitter at saying center. That's saying with an E, not an A, center on Twitter. And there are a couple ways to email yours truly. You can log on to 710knus.com and go to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show page. That's the program I host. 
every Saturday morning from 6 to 9 here on 710KNUS. Go to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show page. That way you can email directly to me. And you can email me via my website, jimmysangenberger.com. Keep in mind, there's no A, I, or U in Sangenberger. It's all E's all the time. Once you know that, Sangenberger is E-Z. So lots of ways to get in touch. Of course, the phone number, 303-696-1971. We do have a text already coming in from Alexa. The $1.7 trillion bill shows that Congress hates the American people. They would not give $5 billion for our border, but now we'll give Ukraine another $45 billion. With the Twitter files, we have learned that our tax dollars have been used to spy and censor American citizens. Sorry, I am not working to have my taxes. Just go to other countries and censor us so Wrong. I think that's a fair concern, especially when we have this dramatically porous southern border where folks who are coming across illegally, illegal immigrants from South America, from the Caribbean, Cuba, Venezuela, Honduras, coming through Mexico, they are saying, is in essence, that there's... They believe they can come, that there's an invitation from the Biden administration for them to come. Uh, It's stunning. And there's lots to talk about. We will get to that coming up on the program. So Elon Musk saying that he will step down as Twitter CEO a couple of days ago. Uh, Billy, I want to bring you in on this conversation. Get your thoughts, because I have I have to say. I thought about this. I saw the poll. I voted in it. What do you think I voted? I don't know. What did you vote? I voted yes. Oh, you did? I voted yes, and it's not because I think Elon is bad news for Twitter. Quite the opposite in that I like what he's shaking up and doing over there in many respects, but I don't think he has what it takes to actually lead Twitter successfully on the business side. He's got so many things. Tesla shareholders are already like tugging at him saying, dude, you got to focus on your big company, the one that gave you the money to buy Twitter in the first place. And I'm thinking, okay, you're going to have those pressures and other issues going on for him. He's got SpaceX and so many different ventures. It makes sense to have somebody who can succeed with this venture, take the reins full bore as CEO, and Elon's not going to step away from the project. He's said he's going to do the software and development teams and um, be involved in that. So he's at least still engaged, but somebody else, I think, should take the reins. I I think somebody else has to take the reins if Twitter is going to survive. Exactly. It will not survive under Elon Musk. And the reason being, um, unless, again, it can. Okay, that's not, I should say it can survive, but it's very unlikely at this mm-hmm. point because Elon is demonstrating he does not understand, one, the business model, or two, what Twitter is selling. Doesn't understand it in the slightest. This is obviously a vanity purchase. And it's great that billionaires are allowed to make vanity purchases of companies. <laughs> Wonderful. That's great. Uh, but he's demonstrated that he doesn't understand the core of what social media is. And he also doesn't understand the core of what the product that Twitter is selling 
He doesn't understand the relationship with the advertisers. He has mucked it up. And, in fact, what he's done, if you go back and look, he is following his playbook for when he took over Tesla. Remember, Elon didn't start Tesla. Yes, he's not the founder. That is not his car. He didn't create that car. That's somebody else's car and all of the things that are involved in it. Ever, somebody else was doing that. He just took over and pushed one of the guys out. And then he came in and did the exact same thing at Tesla. He cut you know, the workforce by 20%. He's told everybody we're going to go hardcore and all things like that. And he got people to buy in that were willing to say he also threatened bankruptcy. Oh, the company's going to go bankruptcy. In fact, early on, he would say the company was about to go bankrupt every so often. Hmm. And then ask the workers to work harder and longer hours. So mm-hmm. that was a play, not a legit issue. That was a play, just like with Twitter. It was a play early on, and I think he is getting shocked and surprised that his normal playbook of management isn't working here. Uh, I've listened to a lot of interviews about people that did work for him. There's a guy that worked for decades uh, with Tesla. I know I'm over a decade with Tesla, and said eventually he just got tired of the constant 70 to 80-hour expected work weeks. And he talked about, yes. So just to be clear, when when he said extreme hours as far as Twitter, he really meant extreme hours. Yeah, he really meant. When he said extreme hours, he is expecting you to work at least 75 to 80 hours a week, Mm. minimum. Um, He sees, again, no problem with sleeping on the floor and the thing. And... In the world of Silicon Valley and mm. tech, I understand that there's a group of people out there that go, oh, finally, uh, Elon Musk is not going to be coddling these tech workers anymore. Ah, there go the espresso machines and their ping pong tables. Why were those things put in, in the first place? Mm-hmm. They were put there in the first place for competition because it was hard to get the people to do the programming without the fluffy perks. Just saying, hey, here's your cube. Good luck didn't yeah. work, and he's going the other direction. I don't think he understands the workforce. Well, what, he doesn't understand the product. What do you make, the though, of doesn't. the fact that he's consistently doing these polls and then essentially abiding by those polls? Now, when he did make the one that said, uh, should I unsuspend the journalist that I suspended for purportedly doxing him in real time, that's his claim, then he went and did a second poll that kind of divided it up to and re-asked the question, but even then over 50% agreed, yes, you should go ahead and uh, release them or bring them back onto Twitter, but he still has abided by those polls, and that's not something I think he done necessarily at well, Tesla, it's, was it's it? It's something that he doesn't want to do, but he's done this publicly, and he's he's painted himself into a corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, again, Elon Musk, in my opinion, is addicted to Twitter. He is addicted to the tweet and response cycle. Um, that It has been proven that type of social media releases dopamine in your brain. It gives you the feel-good juice. And he wants the interaction. He wants the retweets because every time his brain tells him he's doing a good thing. So I believe, honestly, that, you know, not like a heroin or massive drug addiction, but I believe that, yes, he is addicted to Twitter based on his behavior. I think I can make a good case for that. Mm-hmm. And he was enamored. By the idea that he could ask these questions and millions of people would answer. Oh. In fact, we go back to his Donald Trump poll. He touted engagement, not votes. Mm -hmm. He touted the number of people that had seen it. That's where he got his dopamine rush. Mm -hmm. Not the fact that there were, he he touted the fact there were over 130 million people had seen his question about Donald Trump. He ignored the fact that only 15 million of them bothered to vote. 
right? That's a problem. That's less than 10, yeah. less, less 10, 10% engagement, which, and again, it's a front-facing poll. He he backed himself in a corner. I believe this was um, emotional impulse yeah. when he asked, should I step down from Twitter? I don't. And he didn't think, he thought all his fanboys were going to show I'm up. I'm not so, so sure that he did. I A part of me really thinks that he had a feeling that this might happen. Even supporters might say, we want you focused in these diff- more areas and not really having to spend so much time as the CEO. We want your project to succeed. Maybe I'm totally off base, but I have a feeling he's he's realized that it's just an awful lot for him to run the company altogether and that he was secretly hoping that this would happen. And I wouldn't even be surprised if he has a CEO already in mind and he's just saying well i'm looking for that well let's see how quickly he names someone because the idea is this remember in the world of sports if you have another coach ready when you fire the guy announce right another coach comes up real quickly so if he comes up and has a ceo named real quickly then he meant to do this i would disagree with you Mm. i think that he is shocked with how difficult this is Mm -hmm. i think that he felt well i have done spacex I have done Tesla. Well, that's part of I why know how... I think he anticipated, Bill, that that this might happen, and he uh, well, not anticipated this, but that he thought, okay, it would be good for me to step down. Initially, he wasn't gonna do that. He was gonna run the company, and then I think he realized, okay, exactly what you're saying. This is a bit much, and this is his out. Well, it is his out because uh, I think he's slowly realizing that he doesn't know what he's doing. I, I think when he goes in and has meetings with advertisers and advertisers go, no, what what you're doing and what you're saying Twitter's going to become, we have no interest in spending money with you. Mm-hmm. And he's surprised that he's like, but, but I can't force you to spend money with me? Right. No, he's... Elon Musk has never, in a large scale, had to work with advertisers. He doesn't advertise Tesla. That, that doesn't have an advertising campaign. So he doesn't understand the mechanisms inside of advertising. He also doesn't understand what the product is that Twitter is selling. And he also, at the core... What is the product, in you, your assessment? You. Mm-hmm. He's selling you. He's selling, he's selling advertisers access to potential consumers. Exactly. That's what he's selling. And the only way that you can get and cultivate those people to sell stuff to is through content moderation. Elon Musk approached this as, I will take off the shackles, and because I let everybody say and do what they want, it will be this wonderful flourishing town hall and, and, and town square, and then advertisers will flood because I have all these people talking. He didn't understand that the core business model of social media is content moderation. That is what social media does. He could have looked at other failed people, uh, companies to replace Twitter to realize when they came out there and said, we'll say whatever we want, that all of a sudden the advertisers right. say, good, go ahead and do that, but we're not going to advertise. So, they had problems, and he's just beginning to realize that he doesn't understand yeah. how social media works. Well, I, I think that's true. However, I also think that Twitter pre-Elon Musk was going a little bit overboard in the other direction. And that they were doing so in excess of what advertisers would have needed. And I think coordinating with the government in some of the ways that they have done, the FBI, actually a couple days ago, I was shocked to read the ones for the Twitter files that were dropped on the 19th. It has changed my view a little bit about how the 2020 election was handled with the FBI and this Hunter Biden story. I'll get to that a little later. But I think you're right at the same time that... 
this isn't a, a platform that was intended for anything goes. You can't function that way with advertisers. That's not what they're trying to do. And that's not the way to bring the largest number of people to your platform. I mean, think about how Twitter is a smaller platform noticeably than Facebook, dramatically smaller platform than Facebook is with well over a billion users on Facebook. And here's a listener text. I don't think Twitter is that important. Just let it die. It's not part of my life. And you know what? I would agree with that. We get an outsized sense oftentimes that a lot of people are on Twitter. And really, it's the influencers who are on Twitter, which is why Twitter seems like it's an even bigger deal than it really is. Well, and here's the thing, though, is that what Elon doesn't understand is the fact that those influencers are on Twitter is what brings eyeballs, and that's where you cultivate the idea of content moderation. He just thought that people were going to be there because it was cool, and Twitter isn't that cool. The base level of Twitter user experience is I get on the platform, I tweet, and people yell at me. In fact, of the three (laughs) possible outcomes, if you started a Twitter account today, two of them are awful. It is very difficult to have a good Twitter experience today, and it hasn't changed that much since Jack Dorsey left. And with the Twitter files, I think what we have seen is we have a bunch of tech nerds that don't have experience with things like free speech, and they are struggling to understand the concept and how to accurately do that content moderation. Um, Elon Musk believes it can be done by AI. It cannot be done by AI. That has been proven because AI does not understand context. Mm-hmm. It, it lacks that ability. So AI cannot Facebook do it. Facebook tried that unsuccessfully. Yeah. It doesn't and, work at all. And, yeah, yeah. and Twitter is the, the, 16th, the 16th ranked social media site. They are the little Caesars yes. in the world. Yeah. They I only mean, have 77 million active U.S. users. They're bigger than Getter. They're bigger than these other Truth but Social and but other smaller than platforms. But they are. They're smaller yeah. than Pinterest. As far and as the mainstream swear, outlets, yeah. it's much smaller. And on Pinterest, people share pictures. Yes. Pictures. A site in which people share pictures is bigger than Twitter. So Twitter is given an outsized voice by the politicians and by the media people that are on there because, hey, I'm on there. Listen to me. But the mass influence of Twitter is negligible. And so if it goes away, it, it goes away. Elon has a chance to make it relevant. Wow. But we'll see. Yeah, we, we will see indeed. Billy, don't go anywhere because we got a couple of texts coming in from <laughs> listeners in response to oh, what you are saying. So I look forward to that on the other side. What do you think? We'll get to those texts. Give me a call, 303-696-1971 on this subject. Should Elon Musk be stepping down from Twitter? Does he understand or not what is going on? Right now in the social media landscape in terms of how a company is supposed to run, how the social media business operates. We'll dive into that and more. Your calls, texts, emails coming up. Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler here on News Talk 710 KNUS. Oh, Bill, I hope the woke mob doesn't come after us for playing Baby, it's cold outside yeah. as a bumper a few days before Christmas and from the Elf soundtrack. Yeah. No less. But this is this is a difficult one. It's a, I've had conversations for years yeah. um, on the music side of things about whether or not this song no, is still I understand. appropriate. It's, there are a couple of people that tried to redo it and, and change it a couple of ways, and eh, it doesn't work as well. It's, it is a beautiful song. 
and I really appreciate the songwriters and the how and why yeah. they crafted the so, real reasons, yeah. the how and why, and what they were going for. Yeah, and so there's so many it. great renditions. That one from the Elf soundtrack is my personal favorite. And Zoe De Chanel herself, she's one of the stars, yeah. of course. And the songwriters, they used to. It was the idea of singing for your supper, and they used to do these kind of duets when they would appear with friends at holiday parties and dinner parties. Yep. And they would try to write some things, and this is one of the ones that was most popular with their friends. And so I'm okay with it. I understand some of the uncomfortable things that are said inside of it, but okay, uh, that, that wasn't necessarily the reason and everything else. And so as long as you understand why it was written, I'm okay with it. Yeah, so, yeah. I and agree. So. Okay, so here's an interesting text. Oh, yeah. We're talking Twitter. Me. Oh, by the way, I should say Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler this morning here on News Talk 710 KNUS. Before we get to a text to you, Bill, <laughs> yeah. or about you or something, we'll see how you'd want to take it. Were it not for Donald Trump's activity on Twitter, do you think it would have faded away years ago? Janet texting this in. Absolutely not. Uh, I would say, first of all, Trump hasn't been active or on Twitter for the past almost two full years. Now he's on, but he's not really on. He hasn't tweeted at all. So his attendance, if you will, on Twitter has been irrelevant the last couple of years. But I also think it, Bill, this is important for conservatives to keep in mind in this moment. We think that Twitter is just a political town hall. Yet there are a hell of a lot of people on Twitter. In fact, I would venture to say the majority of people on Twitter who aren't politically engaged, at least not very much. They're on for other reasons. There's a lot of things that go on there in regards to Hollywood and music and sports and other forms of entertainment and engaging with your friends, even though your friends on Twitter become like the whole world. But nevertheless, there is a tendency, conservatives need to keep this in mind, to think that this is just a political platform. And that actually isn't the case. And I think that undergirds a lot of the minds that we were just talking about, Billy, regarding Elon Musk and what he's doing vis-a-vis free speech because he's bringing in this perspective that that accepts the notion as sort of a baseline notion that it's a political platform when really that's just a piece of what Twitter is about. And that is one of the mistakes that Elon Musk is making is he is presenting and using his filter as if Twitter is a political platform. It is not. The vast majority of interactions on Twitter do not have a single thing to do with politics. I have a news feed on Twitter, and 90% of it has nothing to do with politics. Mm -hmm. It's video games. It's music. It's professional wrestling. It has to do with reptiles. Uh, Maybe every 18th or 19th tweet is something that has to do with politics. You can easily cultivate an entire Twitter experience without a single political tweet entering Mm -hmm. any of your universe and that's what people forget in fact i had a good conservative friend of mine just this past weekend tell me but twitter is a political platform no no it's not in fact there are entire gaming communities that i have been a part of for over seven years that are now gone off of twitter because of elon musk changing the content moderation policies Mm. and that's part of it is elon's coming towards this saying i'm going to open up in free speech and say this understanding the people that are just there to talk sports the people that are there to share music knowledge the people that are there to do games and trivia and board games and other things they have zero interest in you opening up free speech and they don't care about that bill when he talks about the uh what is it twitter blue program and charge 
averaging eight dollars and and upvotes and downvotes and organizing these things. It is with that mindset of Twitter is a political platform. And the thing is, that's what truth social is. President Trump, former President Trump's not so successful experiment in social media. Factually speaking, it's not so successful as an effort. And the biggest reason why that and Parler and other platforms that the right has set up or, or some on the right or who claim to be on the right, depending on which platform, it may or may not be actually genuine folks on the right, you you have uh, platforms that are set up for political purposes and they're not successful. They're not breaking through. And it's because Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and the others are either only partially political or very small percentages of their active users are political. And what I want to remind people is, as you bring up, you know, the Facebook, I want to remind people, and this is the example I really like to use YouTube. Mm-hmm. YouTube yes. is one of the most successful social media sites out there. Yes. It is a social media site. And you don't look at, at YouTube and say, wow, it's so political. Not at all. And that's what Twitter should be going towards. It, the idea and this focus that Twitter needs and should be political is wrong. It, that is such a small portion of the conversation. Oh. And that is one of the mistakes that Elon Musk is making at this point is he believes yeah. this is a political platform. It's a mess. Let me give you one other example, and then we'll get to a text yeah. about you, Bill Thorpe, oh, or at least with a question for you. Uh, when I go on to, t- uh, to face or YouTube, now I'm getting all the platforms mixed yeah. up, but that's understandable. It's only 640 in the morning. When I go on to YouTube, I watch two main groups of videos. One, Star Wars content and Star Trek content. Like, there's so much going on right now in terms of shows that are Star Wars or Star Trek that I'm pretty well satisfied in that regard. And there are a lot of different YouTube shows that have popped up online that are really interesting in that regard. So I get my entertainment fun as a Star Wars and Star Trek nerd in that regard. And then leftist YouTube shows, not the conservative stuff. Very rarely check that out because I don't find it interesting. It doesn't stimulate my thoughts to watch Ben Shapiro or others who are on the right who are prominent on YouTube. I, I find it much more interesting to to discover what the leftists are saying. And I don't even mean MSNBC leftists. I mean the real leftists that are out there that even criticize MSNBC for not being progressive enough. And that, I think, is an example of where you've got so much content that is totally non-political on YouTube. How do you not think that that translate, translates over to Twitter? Got news for you. It absolutely does. Here is a question. So is Bill saying advertisers will only pay for left-wing hateful rhetoric? Billy? Well, again, that is a misunderstanding of the platform. And again, that person is using that filter, and I'm guessing, uh, political. They are looking at Twitter as a political platform. I'm sorry, but the gamers that are on there, they're not left-wing crazies. Uh, the, the people that keep reptiles that I know, a lot of them are super conservative. Those are the people on Twitter, and those are the people that are going to be alienated by some of these content moderation policies and some of the changes. And that's the problem is that we believe that we are trying to super serve this political kernel inside of Twitter, and that is wrong. And what advertisers are going to do is advertisers need brand security. Advertisers need to know that when they run their ads, the advertisement is not going to pop up next to something that could possibly be offensive. This is not new. 
This is basic in all of advertising. So the fact that Musk is just discovering this is a shock. Here, and, and the fact is, and the, and the, Twitch, and the, yeah. and the person um, texting has to understand that, that this is about content moderation, and it's not about only paying for left-wing hateful rhetoric. That also is stuff that gets marginalized, and that is also why Twitter sits at number 16. Mm-hmm. If Twitter was better at content moderation policies, Twitter would be at least in the top 10. But again, Jack Dorsey and his mm-hmm. fellow Twitter clowns effed it up. They made a mess of it, and Elon Musk is making it worse. Twitter was far from perfect let, when Dorsey was running it. Let me give you an example, too. Over on YouTube, I remember a year or two ago, there were some advertisers that ended up on, like, what is considered far-right shows on YouTube that were, like, neo-Nazi-type rhetoric. And when a company has their advertisement shown, in that case, it's a video platform, of course, but it's just another example. And it is shown during or before or following a program that is spewing just genuine hate that has no redeeming value for society, anything of that sort, then they become associated with it. And that's not something that a company is going to want. It's a big risk because then the word gets out, oh, my gosh, because people don't know how these platforms work. They see an ad plugged into YouTube, and they might think, oh, this is an ad specifically because of this program. Oh, you have this soap company, Dove, for example. I don't know why that's coming to mind, but Dove does an advertisement that gets plugged in. No, YouTube's randomly, generally speaking, randomly plugging these ads in, and those kinds of associations can tear down or bring down that company. And actually, YouTube is not randomly plugging the ads in. YouTube relies, just like all the other social media companies, they rely on AI. The algorithm. And the, and right. the AI AI is based on keywords, and that's where it gets sticky. That if I'm advertising, let's say that I am running a Hispanic food company, and I have certain Hispanic words that I'm looking for keywords, and then I'm looking for certain demographics. If someone that has very hateful rhetoric about the Hispanic community and fits that demographic, the AI has a good chance of placing my advertisement adjacent to that content. That is not something that as a business you want. And yes. I understand people going, Good well, why point. can't the businesses be political? Hang on. Let's review this. Let's say you own a car company. Both Democrats and Republicans buy cars. Libertarians buy cars. Crazy green people buy cars. And super conservative people buy cars. You don't offend any of them. You don't believe me? Ask Disney. Yeah. Ask why Bob Iger is back in that chair. And they pushed the other guy out who decided to make Disney a political company. He hurt Disney's reputation. He hurt them at the gate. He hurt them inside the state. He hurt their revenue. He hurt their reputation dramatically. He basically alienated a portion of this country. Mm-hmm. That was stupid. Iger's back. In fact, Loki, watch the repeal of the repeal of the special district. That will happen. Yes. It will happen. Oh, Iger is going to yeah. make Iger, all that, yep. effort to yeah. get Disney World back into it, the that shape special, that it was oh, before. Yeah. That special district oh. will be back primarily because Florida doesn't want to take over the taxes for that. They don't want to, one, have to uh, figure out the tax burden in there. Yes. Two, they don't want to be responsible for the streets and the upkeep and Iger, when Disney's writing the check. Iger's That's an absolutely brilliant yeah, businessman, yeah. yep. so he will know how to negotiate that, and then... 
please the Disney shareholders yep, who exactly. have lost a lot in this woke experiment. Now, I will say— he's also, oh, he's also smart enough, though, that he will be able to build a bridge for the Republicans in Florida. Mm-hmm. He was so smart that he will be able to give them a bridge how this is a coming together, and this is a refocus of the relationship between the two. Whatever yeah. they do, there's going to be some guy he that came out of college at 25 that is going to yeah. have a great speech-writing degree, and that's what he's going to do. But that's how this thing is going to work. That the special district repeal is going to be repealed. Nobody knows how to play the game like Bob Iger, yeah. who has been around the block more than a few times. Don't doubt the mouse. <laughs> Do no. not doubt the mouse. No, absolutely. I mean, they have a, a business objective, and they will succeed in getting that business objective accomplished. Thanks, Bill. I think it is one of those topics that we're not hearing discussed underneath the banner of social media censorship is what are these platforms really for and why do people use those platforms are they political in nature is that what they're going for or something else what are your thoughts 303-696-1971 also coming up at the top of the hour ej and tony of the heritage foundation will join us to break down exactly what's happening with this omnibus spending bill 4100 pages 1.7 trillion dollars and a lot crammed into it keep it right here i'm jimmy sangenberger in for george brockler news talk 710 knus Coming back, Jimmy Sangenberger in for George Brockler. News Talk 710-KNUS. Good to be with you. Top of the hour, EJ and Tony of the Heritage Foundation will join us to break down this $1.7 trillion, 4,100-page monstrosity called the Omnibus Bill. You don't want to miss that. What the heck is being rammed into this bill? So many different things. That's a lot of pages, and they are ready to just push that, force that thing through Congress. Listener text coming in. This is the one who said, so is Bill saying advertisers will only pay for left-wing hateful rhetoric? He adds here from our discussion before, Billy, I disagree. Every platform I participate in, I see consistent hate speech in the gaming community, music, etc. There's always advertisements associated with those posts. And on a platform like Twitter, you will see ads while you're scrolling down all over the place and all sorts of different content. It's not curated in the same kind of way as YouTube is. But that point is the exact reason why there is, Billy, moderation when it comes to social media. I think uh, we'll get to this more in, later in the show, but I think that Twitter has definitely gone overboard on political moderation, but... The fact of the matter is this is why it exists to try and curate that. You're not always going to get it perfectly, but you'll get closer to it. And sometimes a platform like YouTube, you will see a uh, certain kinds of programs demonetized because of their content. So then ads won't show up, putting advertisers in a difficult space. Yeah, the individuals that are out there posting the hateful speech and stuff, those are the ones that are not getting paid. And so, yes, you will see responses and interaction of people saying hateful things uh, in threads. 
but the person that started the thread, that's the person that is that is the advertiser is attached to at that point. So that's why you see some of those hateful comments, and they're still advertising. Uh, the individuals yeah, that, that point. their bread and butter is the ad, is the hateful speech. But they get demonetized, and they get pushed to the corner. You were, that's how it should work. You were telling me about one company that I hadn't heard of, quite frankly. I don't really use Instagram, but that because of Instagram, they're a big company, but it's they use this particular social media yeah, platform. Uh, Warby Parker, the glasses maker. They would mm. not exist without Instagram's advertising platform. Warby Parker as a company would not exist. There are people that have built businesses mm. because of Instagram and how they content moderate. Same thing happens on YouTube. There are entire content creators that now have production companies based on the money they've been able to earn through YouTube. There are people that have been able to build businesses through Facebook. Guess how many businesses Twitter has built? Zero. Not a single one because of the flaws in how they moderate content, because they don't do it very well. That's why they are the little Caesars of social media. They're not that good at it. And if you have to look at things like Instagram and Facebook, and especially YouTube, YouTube has nailed content moderation and understanding how to let people build businesses. That's why those individuals are there. And until Twitter Mm. figures that out, until Twitter really understands content moderation, and again, Content moderation is not banning the people I don't like. That's not how content moderation works. Or it shouldn't work that way. The core of content moderation is encouraging the content now, that you like. Bill, That's I how think it works. you're hitting on something that gets to my point about a different guy needs to be CEO of Twitter because Elon Musk isn't bringing that mindset. Twitter's never had that mindset. He needs somebody who can allow for the greater free speech that Elon is specifically say, has specifically said as the owner of Twitter, he wants to bring to that platform as an open town hall but not a hellscape, of course, but also gets the business, the underlying business and product that Twitter is selling. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger filling in for George Brockler. We'll continue the conversation on the other side. News Talk 710 KNUS. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.